Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We've just had episode 12 of the show. We've had another elimination, which leaves us down to four teams total heading into the next episode this Sunday. Zoe, what did you think? How are you feeling? I really liked this challenge. I thought it was a really interesting one and I thought it really pushed the teams, which is what we need heading into finals week. Yeah, there were a couple of things about the challenge that were kind of unique. We saw some surprising things, some not so surprising things. And <laughs> I um, also reckon I've, I've got my fingers onto a bit of a controversy that, I'll, that I want to chat to you about as well. So a lot to get through. So this challenge was to introduce colour to your world and it was really focusing on storytelling and aesthetics. So it wasn't really a technical challenge. Essentially, teams had an entire grayscale model built for them of a house and like a bit of a front yard and they had to somehow bring color into that in a really purposeful way so we got some really interesting builds out of this one thing which was pretty unique to this challenge was the fact that they all had a specific build to build off of and all had the exact same build the most we've had in the past is base plates that have some similarity but having a full three-dimensional build was maybe the first in the entire history of the show that I can remember at least. Mm. So that was kind of a, a unique angle for this episode. And as usual, I think it worked really well for some teams and maybe worked against some of the other teams. Yeah, another thing I noticed was that Brickman ha- actually called out that it's easier to compare builds because they obviously all have the exact same starting point. And that's something we've mentioned over the last kind of two episodes is, you know, how does Brickman compare builds when they look so different or they have such different elements? So I was definitely interested going into this episode to see where the judging would go based on that. He also did specifically say that technical ability was the least important of his three usual criteria. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that we don't have very often. And it seems pretty wild to throw that in so far into the season, but also on an elimination build. Yeah, I guess it's just because the last couple of builds we have had quite technical heavy. So maybe they were sort of like, all right, we need to scale back on this a little bit. Let's push <laughs> the storytelling and aesthetics for a build. Let's start with Gabby and Ryan, who I just want to point out up front uh, in finals week, after being eliminated, I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. It definitely is. Last season, Jane Starney didn't quite get back in. Mm-hmm. And this season, unfortunately, Jess and Anthony, who did get back in, you know, haven't quite made it to finals week. So, yeah, this is the first time that that's happened in, in LEGO Masters Australia. I've never seen any of the other LEGO Masters from around the world, so maybe it happens all the time. You'd never know. But first for us... So Gabby and Ryan did the rainbow paint truck, uh, which was kind of swerving to avoid a row of ducks on the road and smashed into a house and the paint had kind of gone everywhere. 
I thought this was a really cool idea and they had so much fun building it, which really translated on the show. I definitely liked their idea, yeah. I think my thoughts on this, though, is that when they first described it, because it was such a solid idea, I could really vividly picture what I thought it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And then when they ended up showing us the final build, I was like, wait a second, I had something else in my head. Right. Like when you read a novel and then see the film adaption. (laughs) And so because of that, all I could do was just judge it against this made up build that I had in my head. And I could just see those differences, which is kind of a a weird thing to do. And it makes me glad that I'm not in Brickman's position. (laughs) I I really liked it overall, but the only thing I didn't like was that big paint tower thing coming out the middle of the house and like hitting the plane it just I was just really confused by it to be honest like I I sort of got what they were going for but I thought they didn't really need it like I thought the idea was strong enough without it but I think Brickman seemed to like it I also thought that the reason it existed was because there'd be a fun detail of the plane getting hit by the massive paint shower Mm -hmm. and then one half of the plane being black and white and the other half being in colour. But it looked like it was just a black and white plane still. And so I was like, ah, like I would have understood if it it was like another funny way to show the colorization effect of the paint. But it seems to just be like a tower and then they're like, oh, chuck a plane at the top. But again, that could totally just be something that we didn't really get a good sense of from the TV episode. Yeah, definitely. We'll jump to Sarah and Fleur, who made the planter box with a watering can. I thought this was such a creative idea. I really liked it. I'm glad Fleur had an episode that she could really excel at after the last episode where she had to do a Marvel build after not having seen any Marvel movies. So it was kind of nice that she had one back in her court. I liked that the idea they had was, again, really classic Sarah and Fleur. We've Mm -hmm. talked so much about how their ideas are always really, really great. It was really fun to see how much they experimented with all these little grey bricks that they needed to use to build out the grey parts of their build. That was kind of a fun detail that was unique to their build, which I liked. Yeah, I really liked that the show actually went into detail on that today because sometimes those are details that we miss, but I liked that they really showed us like they were using the minifig skirts and teeth and steering wheels to create flowers and leaves. And that is just so them, like it's so Sarah and Fleur. So I'm glad that they went on. I'm glad that they showed us those details. I'm happy you said that because it is something that this show doesn't do super often, which is actually get into the nitty gritty Lego details. Yeah. Like Brickman will chuck out NPU or something along those lines every now and then or studs not on top, etc. But that's kind of about it. And obviously it's a reality show and, and you can't get too much into that. But I always do really appreciate mm. when they go in that direction a little bit. Hopefully as the show goes on and on and builds, you know, its audience and builds its mythology, maybe that's something they can spend just a little more screen time towards actually getting into those technical parts of the builds, like really technical. Yeah, definitely. I also just wanted to note that Sarah and Fleur were the only ones to kind of change the premise of what the base of the build was. Everyone else used the house as a house, but they were the only ones to actually change it into something else, which I liked that they did. I think it could have been a bit of a risk, but they stuck with their gut and it definitely paid off. It looked great. Yeah, I agree. It looks really good. We'll go to David and Gus, who initially were going to do a hand painting a house. Brickman kind of talked them out of it. He said it seemed a bit obvious for them. He said he has higher expectations of them, which was interesting. So they ended up going with unicorns kind of running through the scene and the color coming off the back of them. 
I, I liked their build. David and Gus always have great builds. Brickman wasn't a huge fan of the specific way the color manifested post-unicorns. We don't need to recap that. But I thought that David and Gus were particularly hamstrung by the criteria of this build mm-hmm. more than any other teams, partially because technical skills weren't a focus in this build. But I think them being given this quite complete model to start with really threw them for a loop mm-hmm. and you could see all these parts of the model that they'd sort of rebuilt themselves and tried to to work into and work around and I think it was just such a foreign concept to them that they struggled with that more than maybe some of the other teams did. Yeah and I think David actually pointed out when they were initially coming up with that hand painting the house idea that their whole mentality is to pick a simple idea and do it really well. Which you've been saying all podcast. I've been saying. So thank you, David, for confirming that and giving me a direct quote. And I think that, you know, they felt pretty confident and comfortable when they'd settled on that idea and then Brickman talked them out of it. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's a very fine line that Brickman has to walk and I think it would be really hard. We've said this before. It'd be so hard to be a judge on this show because you want to give advice and you want to make sure that teams are building to the best of their ability, but you also don't want to interrupt and and kind of influence their decisions too much. So I would have been really interested to see how it panned out if they'd stuck with their original idea and if Brickman would have judged them harder because he thought the idea was too easy for them. In that speech he was giving them, he also said again something we've talked about, which is that he has higher expectations of David and Gus than he does the other teams, which is just a wild thing to say. Like, I don't disagree. Like, they're such a strong team. It makes sense. Mm. But I just mean, like, are are you allowed to say that as a judge? Can you go to one of the teams and be like, hey, just by the way, I'm going to judge you more harshly. I don't know if you can say that. Yeah, I was also just interested in what Brickman's mentality was in saying it was an obvious idea like I feel like you can't judge someone or you can't judge a build badly just because it's an obvious idea like if it's a simple idea and it's done well then then it's a great build like I'm interested to see you know what goes on that we don't see on camera because I'm sure there was much more to that conversation than we got to see. I also wonder if the hand idea was their first idea Or if they'd gone through a bunch of ideas, settled on that one, Mm. and then Brickman came over and was like, hmm, feels like your first idea. And they were like, Mm. oh, uh, yeah, Uh, okay, yep. And then they had to think of new ones. (laughs) Like I think whatever their ideation process was would be a big factor in how this build played out. We're going to have to ask them. Let's go to Harrison and Michael, who sadly were eliminated. You know I'm heartbroken by this. You know I'm personally offended by this. I might sue Channel... No, I won't sue Channel 9. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have thoughts on this. So they did the Mother Nature bringing new life build. Uh, so essentially they sort of built this beautiful character who was like gracefully blowing, as they were describing it, new life into the world. I'm pretty sure they were describing it just by going... <laughs> A lot. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I will say, at the at the end of the day, I think out of the four builds, theirs wasn't the strongest. That said, I don't really agree with Brickman's reasoning for eliminating them. And again, I'm just going off what they showed us in the episode, so there definitely could have been more reasoning here. But they made it seem like the main reason that they were eliminated was because the challenge was meant to be bringing colour to the world, not bringing life to the world. 
that that was like the main kind of thing he said. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but they can be the same thing. Like they're doing both. I thought I thought it was a really creative execution. Well, it was the most directed of all the colour encroaching scenes in that like mm-hmm. it started off as this greenery and it slowly expanded into being a full spectrum of colour. Whereas the other builds, especially the planter box and the truck, were just like a literal explosion of colour and yeah. it was colour all over the place. Theirs was like a much more directed flow of colour, which I thought was mm. a more advanced aesthetic and a more advanced style. I also think they should have been given points for showing the evolution of their building in that they built the most technical character they've ever built all season. And Brickman did say that, mm. but the fact that they're constantly learning these new things throughout the season I think should have been rewarded as well and it kind of feels like it wasn't. That said, Brickman did say at the beginning of the episode that the technical ability mm. shown in this build was less important, so maybe that's why he didn't seem to care about that, but I definitely want to give them both props for that Mother Nature figure. Like, that was fantastic. Yeah, she honestly looked beautiful, and even throughout that episode, she evolved so much. Like, Michael did such a good job in nailing that face. At the start, she actually looked quite cartoony, and you could see he was really struggling to get her to look, you know, graceful and beautiful like they wanted and I thought in the end she looked really good. I loved how they used that kind of netting piece to build her skirt. Like I thought it looked really beautiful at the end of it. Something I noticed was that the two teams that made it through were the teams that used the least amount of colour and the teams in the bottom two were the ones that used the most amount of colour. And I wonder if there's a bit of a theme there going on with Rickman's judging. Yeah, maybe one of the criteria he had in his head the whole time was a use of colour in that sort of direction, but it wasn't something he ever explicitly stated. Yeah, I think he talked a lot about having purpose for the colour and I think maybe when he was looking at it, he thought there's too much colour, like what's the point of every single brick? But especially with Harrison and Michael, I really saw that purpose and I thought just because more than 50% of it was colour didn't mean that there was no purpose for that. I don't know. I'm just sad. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the tough thing as well. And Brickman would have to struggle through this. The general emotion of losing a team is so sad. I know. You try and, like, discuss all the reasons why. You know, you're in the denial phase. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's really difficult to talk about it because of that. I know. I'm, like, going through the five stages of grief right now. (laughs) It was really nice to see, and we talk about this on the show so often, but it was kind of heartwarming to see how emotional Brickman got over it. I know. It's so clear that he has such a connection to all these teams and that he doesn't like this part of the process any more than we do. Um, So as much as we sometimes disagree with his decisions, it is clear that he cares so much. And so seeing that again in this episode was really nice. Oh, absolutely. I think he's just as much a part of that family as, as all the contestants are with each other. So it is really sweet. You can tell that he cares so much and I love that he doesn't try to hide that or anything. And yeah, it must be so hard for him. He like, especially when there's one judge and you know that you're the one sending them home. Like that's a lot of pressure. So Zoe, I wanted to bring up something with you and A, get your thoughts on and B, maybe low key start some drama. Okay. All right. Tell me, tell me. Something that's been in my mind only the last couple of days or so, but that I decided to keep a specific eye out for in this episode is... Is the countdown clock always visible to the contestants or not? Oh. Has that question ever popped into your mind before? No, it hasn't. But judging from the show, it seems like it is. 
It does seem like it is, but I was thinking this week, interesting, they do make a big deal out of the time calls, mm. which, fair enough, it gives they Hamish do. and Brickman something to banter about, no worries. But the contestants sometimes seem surprised by it. And I was like, I understand you being surprised and like, oh, wow, time is going quickly, but you wouldn't be surprised by like, oh, it's specifically this amount of hours because you would have seen that you're heading towards that amount of hours. So yes, I did start paying close attention to this episode. Oh, Maybe there's some clues in earlier episodes, but if you guys, once the episode's on the Nine Replay service, if you guys go to the part just before they announce one minute to go, Hamish and Brickman are having a conversation about the ducks in Ryan and Gabby's build and they start running over to do the time call. Mm -hmm. And as the camera moves, you can see the wall where the clock is and there's nothing there. And then it cuts to the one minute time call and the clock is back there on that wall. Interesting. That would make sense, to be honest, because the contestants do seem so shocked every time Hamish does a time call. Yeah, they really, really do. And I don't know why this is. It's probably just so that they don't have to get the perfect take every time Hamish says the time. Like it's probably a really simple reason. Mm. Like maybe the clock is there 90% of the time and they just turn it off and reset it so they can get their shots or something like that. Or maybe, yeah, they only turn it on every now and then just to keep the suspense up. Like to the contestants, that would be weird though, wouldn't it? That would suck as a contestant not knowing how much time you have until Hamish does a time call. And sometimes they make it seem like he does at one every hour, but I, like he might not. Maybe he only does them every three hours or something. Yeah, like we obviously only see a couple on the show and it depends how long the build is as well. Like sometimes we see more, sometimes we see less. That would stress me out. It's definitely something we might need to ask one of the contestants, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was the sort of thing that Channel 9 doesn't really want them to talk about. So it's maybe not something we could even get an answer on. We'll have to keep investigating that one. How's that for drama though? So much drama. This show is just full of it. So next episode appears to be something that we have talked about a little bit. We predicted it after the uh, trailer breakdown way before the season started. And it's that each team has the branch of a tree and they have to put it all together at the end. Now, in the trailer, the tree in some shots looks tiny. So I was wondering how this would work. But this shot shows that it's huge and I think Brickman's built it. Just for the record, our predictions have been pretty good generally all season. I know. Not 100%. I'm not saying that. But pretty good like we got a lot of stuff pretty right pretty spot on but yes you're right um the tree is big they each have a branch and we didn't get to see too much in this little coming up next teaser thingy but it does seem like all the teams have a radically different approach to the branches and i really like that it also there also appears to be another big twist so it's the last elimination before the final but there are shots of people looking shocked and they talk about a twist. So I don't know what that could be. The last two times we've heard about a twist, it has actually been a twist. The yeah. dream house build and the contestants coming back builds. That said, though, sometimes things are teased as a twist and it turns out to just be a joke. So maybe this is one of those times considering it's so close to the finale. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. It seems like we're getting towards the end of the season. I'm pretty sure there's only two episodes left of the actual TV show. But don't worry, we'll have a bunch more interviews coming. We're going to try and interview 
all the teams that were on this season, just like we did last season. Go and check those out if you haven't already. So if you're not subscribed, you should be because there's still a lot more coming. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMD the pod. Great username. <laughs> you can chat to us there and send us any questions you have for contestants or just any thoughts on the show or the pod or anything at all. We will respond. If you tell us what you had for dinner, yeah. I would probably be interested in that. Too. Yeah, we'd be excited about that, actually. <laughs> this week's assignment, tell us what you had for dinner. <laughs> yes, first person to do it gets a virtual high five. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.